Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. My name is Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I am joined by my co-hosts, starting with Michael Fletcher. Hello, I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption and the Manifest Illusions books and some other shit. (laughs) A lot of stuff. I am Dirk Ashton. Oh, look, I'm actually holding it. It's not falling in my lap. (laughs) Author, I'm holding up the Paternus Trilogy, which I wrote. Um, So there. There we go. That's me. (laughs) Today's episode is going to be about resurrecting old projects. Uh, And the reason why I want to bring this up is 100% selfish because I am nearing the end of my current story, which is an interactive fiction uh, epic fantasy game for Choice of Games. It just came up to a quarter of a million words today, which is sort of insane to me. And wow. it will hopefully be finished soon. Um, and then I need to figure out what I'm writing next. And most likely I will be resurrecting an old first draft that I wrote uh, would have been at the start of 2020. And I'm just curious to hear from both of you guys, how do you kind of go about getting back into an old project or even deciding which project to, to get back into? Um, after a bit of a hiatus from it Who wants so to you talk kind of are off? you talking about like books that you've abandoned and thrown in the trunk or, this is uh, more like i i hadn't thrown it in the trunk but like i'd written the first draft of it and i was like i want to give myself some breathing room before i get back into this and then i okay. went off and, and wrote the thunder heist instead and i was like oh, i'm gonna publish that first and then the choice of games project came up and i've been doing that so it's kind of like, ah, oh, I've been meaning to get back to this for a bit. It hasn't been a huge priority because I've wanted to focus on other stuff, but now I'm wanting to do the second draft. And a while ago I did, like probably half a year ago, I did read through the whole thing again and I took copious notes on it as well. Um, so I have a bit of an idea about what I want to fix with it. Um, but yeah, that, does that sort of make sense in terms of the context for where no, it's at? I think Mike, Mike has 
has the coolest story of of resurrecting an old uh, 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 book. How many had you published before you went back and decided to try to revive Ghosts of Tomorrow? Uh, oh, well, actually, technically, there's I've done it twice now. Um, so I, I published Ghosts of Tomorrow, which was a rework of my very first book, 88. Mm -hmm. uh, so 88 came out in, was published by a Canadian Micropress in 2013. Um, uh, like 2016, I think I asked the publisher for the rights back. Uh, they were super cool. They, you know, they were, they were awesome people. Um, they, they gave me the rights back, like no problem. Uh, I edited, wrote a couple new chapters, um, hired uh, uh, DiGiovanni to do cover for it, and released it as Ghosts of Tomorrow. Um, that there was because 88 had been edited so many times, uh, it was at that point like pretty polished. Uh, so that was I, that's less of a resurrecting an old story for me. Uh, but Blackstone Heart, um, I started writing that in 1994 mm -hmm. um i got maybe sixty thousand words into a novel and then stopped because writing was hard um and i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know how to write didn't know how to finish it you know why as we were talking about before i hadn't decided to write a novel i wanted to mm -hmm. um and then you know i i came i sort of rediscovered that story um in what like 2015 so we're talking like what two decades later almost um went found found my first draft which was crazy i had to chase friends that i used to live with and one of them found the original word file like word two or something like that <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> he found he found the original file for me and yeah you know, i was able to sort of like eventually poured it into like a more you know, recent version of word so I, I read through what i had and it was it was awful it was garbage you know <laughs> what i'd written wasn't salvageable uh, i mean it was so bad I, I couldn't actually read it i ended up just kind of skimming um but the idea was still there and i still loved the idea um so for me that was a like start from scratch redo the whole thing mm. but that the genesis of that story like the character the world that all dated back to something i tried to do in 94 that is remarkable because wasn't yeah. it based on like a um like a dungeons and Dragons style campaign that you you ran or something yeah so yeah it was based on a, a stormbringer campaign uh you know chaosium that, that gaming company uh that was like a decade-long campaign i ran from like i don't know like 80 84 85 wow. through to probably like 95 roughly yeah and that like an off and on campaign uh but same characters and stuff the same group of guys getting together that is um, so cool yeah and so that was that campaign was the genesis for the story which i you know first started trying to write in i think 94 <laughs> yeah that's cool what what that's... made you want to do that instead of writing another book for another new new idea i'd done part of it was laziness so <laughs> i was um i still had all my campaign notes i had all of the campaign stuff all the world building stuff i'd done uh for the role-playing game mm -hmm. and that really all that is um that's world building 
Mm-hmm. So I had this like custom built world. I had all of the magic systems. So if you've read the book at all, there's wizardry, sorcery, demonology, elementalism, necromancy, and shamanism, six different schools of magic. Um, I had a, I had a magic system, a custom magic system built, uh, you know, to like role-playing standards for all of the magic systems. So That's they're cool. all playable, you know, like with spell costs and all that shit. So I had, I had this the whole world built all of the magic systems designed to not use that just seemed crazy. Like, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to start something now from scratch when I've got like literally tens and tens of thousands of words uh, of, of world building done, just sitting yeah. there waiting for me. Yeah. Um, and because I, I had the character, I knew the, I knew the character intimately. Um, it, it was just such an obvious choice. And because it was a story, I, it was the very first book I tried to write. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the idea of going back to it now, you know, that I was like, okay, now I kind of know how to write, like, let's try it again. You know, I'd, I'd already written and finished and published books. So that whole like, oh, am I going to finish? Can I finish a book? Yeah. That's gone. Yeah. You know, at that point I knew I could write a book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's that's the story that wouldn't leave me alone. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. that's like awesome to think that it has a twenty. And it was it was very process. well re- very well received as well. Yeah, second in Have the you... SPF bow. Yeah, pretty impressive accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Uh, Have you considered um, like releasing the the role playing game as like a a campaign know, a side thing to the book? Yeah, I, you know, I thought about it, but like it was, so I wrote it, I wrote, like, customized the system eventually. Um, it really sort of wasn't written well enough uh, for other people to understand. Okay. You know how, like, when you're making notes for yourself? Yeah. It's this kind of like shorthand version of the whole thing. So the mm. amount of work to actually make it, you know, palatable for, you know, real humans Mm-hmm. Uh, it would it's just kind of daunting and then honestly i'd just rather write more books Fair yeah. Enough. yeah there are a lot of things it's like a kickstarter or something you'd be interested yeah. in that yeah yeah like, if you throw enough money at me i'll think about yeah. it okay because yeah, if you that, want you know, if you want mike i can put up spotify have a new thing with podcasts where you can actually add polls into the show so we can mm-hmm. survey we can act like actually survey listeners to see if people are interested in various things we discuss so yeah, right. if you want me to just gauge interest for it or whatever, do let me know. <laughs> sure. No pressure though. No pressure. Have yeah. time role playing role playing games do very well on Kickstarter. Very well on Kickstarter. I saw this cool one recently where it's like you're some socialite in like the 1920s, and it was basically the Great Gatsby, a role playing game. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this looks so cool. So yeah, there seems to be a big a big market on there for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not trying to pressure you into anything, so. It's cool to know that that's where it originated from, though, and like maybe that is why it has so much depth and, and seems to have resonated with such a large audience potentially. Yeah, that's awesome, Dirk. What about you? What have um, actually? First of all, before we get into that, really quickly, um, Mike, in terms of when you come back to an old project like that, you mentioned that it was easier to just kind of write a clean draft from the beginning. When do you think it's a good idea to? try to make little tweaks and edits and retain the original structure versus demolish the whole thing and go again from scratch. All right. So I, I find there are two things that happen 
when you revisit something you've previously written. Um, the, the good one, and surprisingly often, is it turns out to be not as bad as you thought. Um, that, that's happened several times where I've abandoned uh, something I was working on to come back to it later and gone, oh, shit, this is actually pretty good. Best feeling. You know, it is, it's not just salvageable, like it doesn't need a ton of work and rewriting. Yes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. The other yeah. thing that happens is it is so unbelievably painful to read that you're like, nah, fuck it. I can't even bother. I can't even read the rest of this shit, mm-hmm. you know? And if it's that painful, then it's like, don't try and salvage it. Scrap yeah. the thing and start again. Yeah. But sometimes I like, and it's happened a bunch of times. Um, sometimes you go back to it and you're like, actually, this isn't as bad as I thought. And if that's your response, then it's probably salvageable. That is a good sign. And also I find going back to drafts that I wrote years ago, you have often this strange thing where you totally forget what you wrote and it feels like you're reading someone else's story. And I don't know about you guys, but like I can see you smiling just at the mention of this. Like that is one of the best experiences you can have as a writer to be reading your own stuff and not Mm -hmm. recognize or remember the fact that you wrote it because it allows you to actually experience it with fresh eyes, which is incredible yeah Yeah. Dirk I want to ask you about your experience with this but before we get onto that one of the things I am looking for with the podcast is potentially having a video editor to kind of take out short like one to four minute long clips of our various episodes and post them onto our YouTube channel so I just wanted to give a shout out uh well not a a shout out but let our listeners or viewers know if any of you are watching this and you have video editing experience um, hit me up at wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com. This would be a paid position. I uh, would be using some of our Patreon money to fund the video editors for this. It seems like a good way to kind of grow the podcast so that more people can hear about it. Um, so yeah, if you have video editing experience and it sounds like something that you would be interested in, just email me wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com. The link to that is also uh, in the show notes below. Uh, and we'll have a chat and see if it is something that you're interested in or if it's a good fit. I don't really know what it would look like specifically, but if you're already listening to this show, if you're already a fan of this show, it would basically just be like, you pick, you know, like two to three clips that you really enjoyed from each episode. Um, and then you basically just cutting those out, giving them back to me. And then I would post them on the channel. Um, and it's a way to kind a little of- little Photoshopping to make me look better. That's okay. A little yeah. Photoshopping to make Fletch look better. Um, see if you can add some, some hair onto the top. Uh, yeah, what else? Dirk, do you want any uh, modifications? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Dirk is pristine. Do not edit his footage at all. Not true. <laughs> you can add some facial hair onto me to make you look a little bit older. Um, oh, wow, it, yeah. wow, it was cool. kind of cool. It was weird. Um, if if uh, some weird, weird, like, video yeah weirdness popped up on jed's picture if you're watching the video um yeah just uh if if they could make me not sound like an idiot that would be (laughs) good (laughs) that's it um yeah so yeah if you are interested in that like feel free to let us know like i said this is a paid position um and it would be using the the patreon money uh for that as well which means there would be potential for it to grow and who knows might do it in some sort of like profit share thing where it's like depending on how many views it gets or how much Patreon money is coming in. There's a percentage of that. Um, so anyway, just let me know if you're interested. Truly, I have no idea how many people from our audience also are video editors or whatever, but I think it'll be interesting just to see because um, in the past, like I have clipped up a couple of our old episodes and put them on. And for instance, like one of the Adrian Tchaikovsky 
uh, episodes had like a little two minute clip that I took from that. And that little clip itself had like 600 views on YouTube. And I think directed quite a few hundred views to the longer interview, which would be the whole intention of it is yeah. to try to send it to the longer one. The other thing as well is one last thing. If you are sending an email in, like if you do have a couple of links to videos that you've edited in the past or just examples of that, that would also help uh, your application stand out a lot. Um, okay, recruitment over. <laughs> I don't know how to recruit people, so this is a weird thing. Um, Dirk, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience um, sort of resurrecting oh. projects or, or going back to old drafts that you've done? My, um, my experience hasn't been as, as, as clear-cut as, as Mike's uh, of picking up um, projects that I, that I had completely abandoned or had just been sitting on the shelf for a long time. But um, uh, when I, I, I've been, I had been writing screenplays for a long time and I used, I written a lot of short stories and I just had a, had a file full of ideas of things that I wanted to do and some little scenarios. So um, writing Paternus was, was, was quite a bit like resurrecting a lot of those old ideas, right? Um, and then the first thing was figuring out how to make them work and how to make them work together. Um, so I spent months just playing, you know, uh, with, with a bunch of those. And some of them were very solid and had a lot of notes, you know, it wasn't just like one or two sentences. Um, and uh, so, and some of those were notes. Uh, I mean, I was in my fifties when I first started writing, so it's never too late, folks. Super young, fifty. Yeah, so it's young. Never too late. So I was in my early fifties, um, and uh, uh, so some of these notes were 30, 35 years old. Whoa! Um, and, and hold on, and, that makes you ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I mean, there, it was things, it was collections of things and, you know, I just was making piles of things that worked with this paternist story that I had in my mind and I didn't have a title for it or anything at that point. Um, and, uh, uh, so there was, there was a lot of that and, and then, um, you know, the first, the first draft was actually, uh, two books. Um, and I, I had to go back. I went back and cut things down and change some things, um, to the one book, the book one in the trilogy. Uh, and it covers the same story in half the time, a little more than half the time, um, half the pages. And, uh, the only other real experience I have for that is that I had so many notes, so many backstory notes that um, I think I have five short stories published out now. Uh, all but one are in a uh, uh, are in an anthology of one sort or another, and uh, uh, every one of those, except for one, the the latest one that's in Heroes Wanted, um, the death of Osiris. Uh, came out of some uh, stuff that was cut when I when I knocked down those two books um, with some rewriting. So I resurrected those backstory um, things and then added some other notes and um, and uh, and and 
basically created those those short stories um so it's it's um which is kind of fun because it's also kind of like what mike talks about it like saves time it's like why write something from scratch when i got all this shit i can just use and save myself a whole shitload of time and uh and just write and just write them so uh, get them out of short stories, which is why some of them actually don't work all that well as short stories, uh, meaning they're not, they're not, people like them, people really like them, um, but they aren't your typical, you know, beginning, middle, end, you know, nice arc stories. They're basically just a travelogue of some sort. And they're part uh, of like a bigger sort of, of piece, but you're yeah, not seeing the beginning things. and end of that piece. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to give them some, some, some beginning, middle, and end, and put some excitement in there, but uh, they don't, they aren't, they aren't your traditional structure of your traditional short, short story. But then I find that the one I wrote from scratch, from just some notes uh, out of Heroes Wanted um, anthology, that Death of Osiris thing was based on notes. It was, it was stuff that was backstory. It had not been something I cut out. But it, it is something that I had been, I had in my notes and been alluding to uh, a past of a couple of the characters um, and why they had such an antagonistic relationship. Uh, and uh, this kind of explains where that mostly, where it got worse. Um, they were on opposite sides and had always been, but this, this is what made it made it worse so i actually wrote that short story of that that event in the past um so that's really most most all of my uh experience with resurrecting stuff sure do you guys when you this isn't necessarily about resurrecting a, a story but when you come back to a draft that has been a couple of weeks since you've last read it mm -hmm. maybe you've forgotten you've done another project or something are there any particular methods that you're using to sort of get back into that? So for example, I usually try to read through the whole thing and I take notes that just give me a rough understanding of the story and tell me what I need to kind of focus on as I go through editing for it. Do you guys do anything similar to that? Or do you just like you yeah. know, go on a page that's one and start reading? That's, that's exactly what I do. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I probably yeah. won't take notes, but um, like a, a sort of fast read through is pretty common if, if i'm going back to something in progress i'll probably just reread like the the last chapter or two hmm. just to sort of like put myself back in the voice and remind myself where yeah. i was um generally i'm pretty good at holding a book in my head um so usually i you know i can i can go back to it and i kind of know what i was working on and where it's going next and stuff um yeah so less notes but yeah definitely a reread for sure thank you Doug. uh pretty much what you do jed what you what you explained yeah fair enough pretty much ex exactly that sweet um anything else to kind of add to this topic before we wrap up this particular episode mm -hmm. or have we nailed it I, yet again yeah no we nailed it we're, we're awesome uh I just don't throw shit out keep keep your old drafts keep your yep. partial novels yeah i have yeah half a dozen or more partial novels with mm -hmm. anywhere from like 20 to 60,000 words in them. Um, <laughs> some of them handwritten, which really sucks. 
because they're a pain in the ass to a keep and b go back and read um but i like these were all ideas that bugged me enough that i had to start writing them Mm -hmm. um so at some point like if i ever kind of if my brain slows down to the point where i'm like i don't Mm -hmm. actually i'm not currently being pestered by an idea i have all these things started um you know i can go back to them and i know some of them are cool enough that they weren't being books (laughs) yeah it's a good approach it's a good approach don't yeah definitely don't throw anything away and always try to keep keep in mind the stuff that you have that's either been discarded or is on the back burner yeah because you never know it might become useful awesome all right well it has for me that's a good episode um yes thank you to our patrons for helping support this show uh if you want to join our patreon for a small monthly donation you can get access to ad-free versions of these episodes uh and exclusive bonuses like free advanced reader copies from us uh editorial feedback um and other cool behind the scenes things special thank you also to our two high tier patrons daniel and christopher um and to the rest of you as well thank you for supporting us on patreon And we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.